Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come before you this morning and know that we have your word before us. Lord, we do not deserve to have your word. You do not owe us anything. Lord, but you in your mercy and your graciousness have given sinners such as ourselves your word. You have revealed yourself in a special way to us by your Bible. Lord, we pray that you may help us to understand what you have said because it's not good enough just to simply read your word, but we want to listen and hear and put it into practice what you have said there. Help us to have a right understanding of your word so that we are not following error here this morning, a misinterpretation, but we are following the correct interpretation of your word. And we pray that you may particularly speak through me this morning so that we are built up and encouraged to continue following you as faithfully as we are able. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this week I had one of those sinking feelings that comes every couple of years, um, or maybe even shorter. It's when you turn on your computer and something doesn't happen that's supposed to happen. I turned on my laptop this week, little light came on at the front, screen remained black, the fan started up, and so it sounded like it was turning on, and then the fan stopped, the light went off. And I thought, oh, maybe... Something just one off, tried again, and no, nothing, same whirring sound, light came on, went, oh no, I backed up a month ago, but what have I done in the last month? That starts racing through your head, and you think, oh dear. Thankfully I worked out, I had a warning that the battery was, um, was playing up the day before, and when I removed the battery, and just left the power cord in, the computer started up fine which was uh, a good indicator that the battery was a problem. So thankfully, I was within two weeks of my warranty expiring on the battery, and so I rang them up. Next day, out comes Dell, representative with a brand-new battery, puts it in. But batteries are known to be problematic in computers, and so I've got a three-year warranty on my laptop, but only a 12-month warranty on the battery. Batteries are very fragile. They only last so long, even the rechargeable batteries. You charge them up again and again, and eventually they start to lose that charge very quickly, and they're no longer useful. Batteries are fragile. What about the rest of the world? Is it only that batteries are the fragile thing in this world? My first main point this morning is that the whole world is fragile. And I think that's the point that the author of Hebrews is wanting to make here as we come to verses 10, 11, and 12 of Hebrews chapter 1. If you've got a black church Bible, that's on page 1184, Hebrews chapter 1, and we'll be looking at verses 10, 11, and 12, and firstly looking at the point that the world is fragile. The world is fragile. How do I know this? How does the author of Hebrews tell us? Well, the first thing he tells us about how fragile the world is is that it's fragile because it's created. He says in verse 10, He also says, that's God, In the beginning, O Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. In the beginning, the world was created. That means that the world is fragile. It had a beginning. 
It hasn't always been. If something has always been, of course that's going to be a lot more reliable, a lot less fragile than something that has been created. And we even see this to some extent with buildings. A building or a monument that has stood for 2,000 years since Roman times is a lot more reliable than something that was created a couple of weeks ago. You don't know whether that building is going to stand the test of time. You know that it may have been made by someone that you consider to be fairly reliable, but you don't know what materials they used or whether the materials they were sold were proper materials and were reliable materials. But you know that a structure that has stood for 2,000 years over in Rome, you know that tomorrow it's probably going to be there. It's still going to carry on because it's been around for such a long time. And I think the same idea, to some extent, is with the whole world. It is created, which means it hasn't always been around, which means that there's no guarantee it's going to be around tomorrow. It's a created thing, which means it's fragile. It's not an uncreated thing at all. So that's the first tip that we have that the world is fragile, is that it's created, including the heavens, the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands, O God. What's the other reason that the world is fragile? Well, it's perishing. Verse 11, they, that is the earth and the heavens, they will perish. They will perish. What does it mean to perish? It means to die. We don't use the word perish so much anymore. We don't say, oh, my, my friend perished yesterday. No, but we use the word perish in perishables, don't we? The foods that perish uh, much more quickly than others, where fruit and veggies are perishables, and so we consider those to be less reliable than, of course, the McDonald's cheeseburger, which pretty much lasts forever, doesn't it? It's got that much sugar pumped into it and preservatives that it is going to go on and on. We don't call a McDonald's cheeseburger a perishable but we do consider fruit and veg because it will die very quickly. And that's the case with the whole world. The whole world is a perishable. The whole world will die, including the McDonald's cheeseburger. Everything will die at some point. That's what he's saying there. They will perish. And the illustration that he gives there about perishing is they will all wear out like a garment. And we see that. He's got an illustration of something that dies fairly quickly, and that's garments. Now, we may have garments that are made a bit stronger than they used to be in the days of of the author of the Hebrews here and the Hebrew readers, but we know that garments don't last. We've just moved house, and part of the the good part about moving house was purging the place and part of that was getting rid of garments. Clothes that have worn out, that I've hung on to and said, oh, one day uh, what I'll keep it for is uh, for pyjamas, you know, for you know, just around the house. The trouble is I end up with ten T-shirts that are for pyjamas and around the house and don't wear hardly any of them. I wear just a couple. And so part of the purging process of moving was getting rid of the garments that have worn out just with the test of time on the sunlight, the ultraviolet um, um, clothesline, the sunlight comes down 
ultraviolet light damages the clothes as you walk around, as you brush up against things, they get caught. Just with time, they fray. And even um, when you get chemicals on them, I went to bleach something, and, uh, and it said on the packet, I read the instructions, I've never used bleach before, and it said, wear old clothes. So I thought, ah, that means just an old shirt. And so I left my good pants on, put the old shirt on. Next thing you know, drip straight onto my um, brown pants, left a lovely white mark there, wore out. We tried to cover it up with, um, apparently if you use permanent marker, brown permanent marker, it covers up bleach stains. And it does to some extent, but it is worn out. It has worn out. And that's the case with the world. The world is wearing out. So that means your computer wears out, your car wears out, your house wears out. Even your friends and family wear out. And you wear out. Things around you are wearing out, but you're a created being. You're part of this world, and you're wearing out just like a piece of clothing. You're going to get holes in you. You're going to get damaged by the sun. You are like a piece of clothing. You are wearing out like the rest of the world. So we know that the world is fragile because it's created, that it's perishing. What's the other thing he says? Verse 11, he says, They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. And then in verse 12, he says, You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment they will be changed. The other way we know that the world is wearing out is because it will be changed. It will be changed, just like we change a piece of clothing, like a cloak is rolled up and changed. Now, we don't have cloaks uh, so much today. Um, the other translation might be robe, uh, but we think of um, superheroes. They have a bit of a, a cape, a cloak, or um, in the time of this, there would have been Romans around, and they sort of had that red uh, garment around them. Or we have bathrobes or um, robes that we put on, uh, sort of long jackets, the world is like a robe that will one day be changed. And it's interesting that he picks robe there. He does use the word garment uh, a little bit further down to speak of the same uh, piece of clothing. But I think he picks robe there because that's the most outermost piece of clothing. It's the first piece of clothing that you change. When you get home from being out, if you've got a robe on, which you probably don't, but if you did, what would be the first piece of clothing you take off? It'd be the robe. You don't take off your shirt before the robe. No, you take off the robe first. And it just shows how quickly it will be changed. How quickly the world will be changed over. God has rolled out the world, the creation, and he's going to roll it back in again. It is a very fragile world. There will be a new creation that comes, a new heavens and a new earth, and they will be the, re- the replacement for what we now know as the heavens and the earth. The world around us is very fragile. And this, of course, includes angels. Angels are fragile. As we've been looking through the book of Hebrews, we've been seeing in here in chapter 1 the big comparison that the author is making is between angels and Jesus. And although angels isn't mentioned in verses 10, 11, and 12, they are part of the heavenly realms. And they are created beings. And the people who receive this book are tempted to go back to the teaching of angels. And the author of Hebrews is saying, 
angels like the rest of the world are wearing out. We know that the heavens will be destroyed, and I think that does include the heavenly realms. They will be changed over. And we know some angels will be destroyed. Satan and his demons, where are they going? They're going in for the burning lake of fire, eternal destruction. They will not always be around. They are very fragile. And so, if we're to reject the world to rely on and reject angels to rely on, what should we turn to? What about Jesus? How does he compare to creation and the angels? Well, my second point this morning is that Jesus is not fragile. And how do we know this? Well, firstly, we know that Jesus is not fragile because he is not created. He is the creator, not the not a created being. And we know that from verse 10. In the beginning, O Lord, referring to Jesus, O Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. He is before the creation. He is the creator. And so that means he has always been. He is the only one who has always been around, which makes him so much more stable than the rest of the world, which is created. He has always been. He is the creator, not created. And so he is so much more reliable than the world in its fragility. What else do we know about Jesus? Jesus is not fragile because he will always remain. It says there in verse 11, they will perish, but you remain. You stay. You are always there. The world is changed around you, but you are always there. Jesus, you remain. That means you're very reliable. Everything else is in a state of flux and being changed, but you are the one who remains. How else? Is he reliable and not fragile? Well, he tells us that he stays the same as well. He doesn't just remain, he stays the same. You will roll them up like a robe, verse 12, like a garment they will be changed, but you remain the same and your years will never end. He remains, not just remains. See, there's a way of You remain on a chair, but do you stay the same while you remain on that chair? No, you're perishing as you sit on that chair. Things are happening inside your stomach. Your breakfast is being digested. You're increasing in knowledge if you're sitting there thinking about something, if you're just sitting, or maybe your brain isn't changing much at all. But when you remain somewhere, you're in a state of change like the rest of the world. But Jesus doesn't just remain. He stays the same. Which means he's the same Jesus today that he is in the pages of the New Testament. When you read about Jesus in the Gospels, you shouldn't think that was 2,000 years ago. A lot's happened since then. Maybe Jesus isn't the compassionate one that he was there. Maybe he's not the one who is able to forgive sins any longer. Maybe he's not divine anymore. Maybe he's changed. But what does the author of Hebrews say? He quotes from that psalm and says, But you remain the same. He does not change. 
Jesus is not fragile like the rest of the world. He remains, he's not created, and he stays the same. Now what does all this mean for you? About the world being fragile, about you being fragile, and about Jesus not being fragile? Well, if you're not a Christian, do you realise that what you are relying on is fragile? Because if you're not relying on Jesus, you're relying on something that is created, that is part of the earth and part of the heavens. You're relying on something that is very, very fragile. Everything that you could trust in, if you don't trust in Jesus Christ, is like my laptop battery. You're trusting in something that might be useful for a time, but will eventually decay, will eventually perish and die and be changed. What might it be that you're relying on? Well, it might be money. Money comes and goes. And even if you have all the money in the world, one day all that money will perish. God will come and wipe it all out. Maybe it's possessions. Maybe you rely on your house to protect you. Maybe you even have a panic room. Do we even get those in Australia? They're just in, this, in America, aren't they? And you see them in TV shows. Panic room, where you go in, you punch a code and you're in and you're safe and you're protected, except you have to get ventilation in and if someone stops up that, you've got all kinds of issues. You might trust in a house to protect you from people that are against you. You run in, shut the door, put the locks there. But that won't be there forever. It's unreliable. It's decaying. What else could you be relying on? You could be relying on other people, relying on your friends to support you, to protect you, keep you from harm, relying on your family to protect you, relying on the government. You may not think the government's all that reliable, but you still depend upon them. If there's an invasion, if someone wants to come and attack us, you will rely on the government to protect you to send out soldiers, and you'll be relying on those soldiers to do their job like they've been trained to do. But they're not reliable forever. They are fragile, just like the rest of the world. You may rely on another religion, other than Jesus Christ, but you've got to recognise that Jesus is the only one who's always ever been. And so whatever religion you're relying on, it's a created thing. It's a man-made religion if it goes against Jesus Christ and it will one day pass away and you will pass away relying on it. Or it may just be you that you're relying on. I must admit I'm a very independent person. I like to do things myself. I like to rely on pretty much not other people as much as I can help it. If I want something really important to get done, I do it myself. But I've got to remember that I'm a created being. I am perishing. I am dying. Ever since I was conceived, ever since I was born, I am on my way to death. I am dying. We are all dying. And if you're relying on those things, know that you will one day be called to account for why you didn't rely on something much more reliable. And what is that? Jesus Christ. 
He is the only one that you can rely on. He is the only one who is not like a laptop battery. He is the only one who will always be, who stays the same and who is not created. How do you rely on Jesus? Through repentance and faith. Recognize that you're a sinner, that you've been relying on something else other than Jesus Christ. Say sorry to God for that. And then trust that Jesus died for you. Have faith that he is the only one that you can rely on. I encourage you to do that today. If you've never done that before, rely on him now. What about if you are a Christian? Well, I want to encourage you to remember that what you rely on is reliable. You may think that this sermon hasn't told you that much. You already knew that Jesus has always existed, that he created everything, that he remains and that he stays the same. But I ask you, you might say you know that, but does that work out in your day-to-day living? Do you put into practice what you know? Do you live like you know that Jesus remains and the world does not? What do you depend upon for your joy, for your security, for your safety? When you're unhappy about something, what do you turn to? Something created? Something that is perishing? Or do you turn to the only one who is not created? To the only one who is not perishing? It's so tempting to depend upon material things around us rather than God. And we've got to remember what this book was all about, this book of Hebrews. It's written to Jews who have turned to Jesus Christ but now attempted to turn away to turn back to what they were relying on before. And there is that temptation with us as Christians all the time. When we struggle with something, when we fear someone, we want to rely on somebody else to sort out our problem for us, or we rely on ourselves to sort out the problem, rather than go to the only one who can help us, who can protect us for eternity. Do not turn to materialism, to money, to people to protect you. Remember to rely on Jesus Christ. He is the only one who is entirely reliable. Everything else is a perishable. And you will fall if you rely on it. So when you experience trouble, remember, first and foremost, turn to Jesus, the only one who is reliable. Resist that temptation to trust in material things around you, to trust in the world, created things, rather than Jesus Christ. Let us speak with him now. Heavenly Father, we do thank you that you have revealed how reliable Jesus Christ is and how unreliable the world is. Lord, help us to not trust in this world Help us not to trust in our possessions, in our wealth, in people around us, or even in ourselves. But help us to go to the one who is not going to be changed like a garment, who is not perishing, who is not created, who remains and who stays the same. Help us to flee to him in every problem that we have. And help us most of all to flee to him 
for our salvation. We are inadequate, O God, to save ourselves from our sins. We need Jesus Christ to save us. Lord, we do pray if anyone in this room this, this morning relies on something other than Jesus Christ, Lord, awaken them to their foolishness, to the fact that what they're relying on will perish. And may they put their trust in Jesus this morning so that what they rely on will keep them safe for eternity. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.